I just want to welcome everybody to the club. I'm glad that you're tuning in for the podcast. Uh, we will be uploading the podcast on all platforms after. If you can't stay for the entire time, um, we're going to make be making a post on our Twitter with the links to watch the full thing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So if you guys can't listen throughout the whole entire thing, don't worry. Uh, but we want to welcome my co-host, Fauci. Fauci, if you want to introduce yourself. Yo, yo, yo. Let's get it. We got wild things. It was Fauci, you know. You know the vibes. Yes, sir. And and our awesome guest, special guest, Dad from Wild Tanks. How are you doing, man? Hey, man. Doing well. It's the uh, first time I've been to a club on a Saturday since before I had kids, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure you're going to have a great time. Thanks, man. Yeah, my dance moves ain't what they used to be, but uh, but I'll try to keep it real. <laughs> no worries. I mean, that was that was the idea behind the name. I know there was a lot of people that our DJs 24-7, so they didn't even go out. So I'm like, how, how can we bring the club to them? And that's how, that was the inspiration behind the, the name. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, man, I really appreciate you uh, coming out and, and being our guest for this episode. Um, obviously, you have so much amazing stuff going on in the space, and you really flew under my radar for a while because um, I started working for Player Mint. And I kind of got into, like, the mindset of a project team instead of, like, a consumer, in a sense. So, like, a lot of projects kept flying under my radar. I don't know if that that same thing happens to you, where it's, like, since you're so focused on what you're working on, like, everything else just seems to, like, go by you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, 20, 24-7 is Tang. So, anything... Anything outside of that, I feel bad. I, I know there's a lot of people doing really cool stuff, but it's just there's not enough hours in the day, you know? Oh, yeah, def- definitely. I, I get you. I get you. But, yeah, but before we get into Tangs, um, without without you, there wouldn't be anything, right? So we kind of want to get into a little bit of your background, and um, maybe you can share with us how you got started in crypto and how you found your way into Cardano, just giving everybody the background of, of you know, what made Tangs possible. Sure. Yeah. Happy to uh, uh, dive as deep as you want. You know, um, I've, I've doxed myself for a while now. My name's Thaddeus Diamond. I'm a, you know, a former software engineer. I don't code during my day job anymore, but um, I do code obviously for wild tangs. And I got my start in crypto like unofficially. I read the Bitcoin paper probably 2011, 2012 when I was graduating college for comp sci. Um, and you would think I was the genius who bought in at a hundred dollars, but instead I was the genius who said, this will never work at a hundred dollars. Um, and only actually got into really trading it more like 2017, 2018. So, um, you know, got back into it once I started seeing some more ecosystems built out and, and saw the promise of, of what could be built on these cryptocurrency technologies. Um, and really got my start in Cardano, maybe, I guess at this point, about nine months ago, um, my co-founder who's in the discord, um, as Sonny, he, um, he's been a long time Cardano advocate. He, he holds buds and he's, you know, he's been around, uh, for quite a while. So when he started talking to me about all the things we could do in the space, um, I came in with the coding background and, uh, and the artwork. And so together we decided to launch a, uh, uh, an NFT project on Cardano, uh, so I would say he's the Cardano brains and he's definitely the reason I'm here. 
Um, and then since then, it's been a continuation of my artwork and my coding. No, that's that's super awesome. And, you know, there's so many people that are in that Web2 space that are looking for a way to get into it. And they they just they, I guess maybe they don't have a grasp of what's going on. They don't know how, how to really approach it. So a lot of people just stay kind of far. They stay clear from it because it's like something that they don't understand. So I feel like that's like a common a common thing with people is like if they don't understand it, they don't take the time to actually learn what it's about. So it's really awesome that you had a friend to really kind of hold your hand and and bring you through it. But um, yeah, you said, yeah, go ahead. I'm a no, I was just gonna say, yeah, I'm a prime example of that. I mean, look at how far away I stayed from crypto when I probably should have dove in with two feet. And it took me what, you know, five, 10 years to, to really get behind it. No, definitely. And you said that you said that you were a professional coder before. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I actually went to school for computer science. I actually um, I ended up having to switch my major because I couldn't get past calculus, too. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the death of me. Calculus was the death of me. But I, when when I heard about that, I was super interested because I know that there's a lot of people that are developers and that are in the tech industry that are in this space. So maybe if you can give us like, you know, a little bit of a background on how you started coding like what was your roadmap for learning were you like self-taught or did you end up going to like a university like the traditional route because i know that there's people that might be interested in that and learning plutus or learning you know these these blockchain codes or even python and, and just are trying to really get into the web3 space that way yeah yeah definitely that's that's uh you know that's the goal i think to get more people into it do you mind me asking so did you finish up comp sci or do you it sounds like you you didn't keep going with it. Do you no. code it all still, or I I ended up I ended up switching because actually I played college baseball, and oh, nice. because I failed that calculus class, I was ineligible to play for uh... that season. Right, so I dropped under the credits that I needed to be able to play. So that was really a decision where I'm just like, man, I can't. I'm on here. I'm I'm here at school on scholarship because I had a baseball scholarship covering my school. And I'm like, yeah. man, if I don't figure it out, I'm going to get kicked out and I'm not going to be able to finish. So I ended up switching to sports management because I've been playing baseball since I was five years old. I'm 24 right now. So I've been I, I, at that point, I was like, I think I was 21 at that point because it was junior year. Right. I was like 21 or, or 22. And um, I was like, man, this is something that I've been doing for the last 15 years. Like if I'm going to get a degree I might as well get it in something that I love and that I can see myself doing until the day I die. So I was just like, okay, let me just switch because I knew, and it, it's, it's, it's tough because since I was a student athlete, a lot of the professors didn't really take kindly to athletes and they didn't really understand that when you have a double header, that's four hours away and your bus gets in at 3 AM, you're not going to be ready for a 8 AM uh, exam. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I try and I try to explain like, hey, I it's just it's really hard. Can I get some extra time? And it's just like there's no sympathy. So it was a really tough decision for me to make because I loved coding. I loved making programs. I, and I was getting really, really into that. And I got good grades on all of those classes. But the way college works is you need prerequisites. And I wouldn't have been able to keep moving forward if I kept failing the, the same math classes. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I mean, you, you and I have more similar backgrounds than you think. I was a college athlete too. I, I did track and field division one and I threw javelin. And, um, 
my freshman year was a similar thing, right? You'd be, you'd be getting on a plane to go to California for some, you know, preseason meet and you'd have no time to do anything for your classes. Um, I actually went the other way cause I got injured um, during that track and field preseason meet and tore my pec. So I was like, okay, I'm going to dive into this other thing I have going on, which was computer science. And by the end of my freshman season, I ended up quitting javelin, which was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like, it was, uh, it was not a lifelong thing, right? I was like you, I was kind of all around like a decent student, good student. I, I did javelin, I did wrestling, I got to college and I just, you know, I think it was because I had been like jailbreaking iPhones and playing with technology that I took a computer science course on a whim and I never coded till my freshman year in college. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with it. So I, I graduated from college with a degree in computer science um, then spent four years in industry, uh, a couple of years I was at a startup that was doing database technologies. And then a couple of years I was at a, um, I was at Amazon working on the Amazon Alexa. I was on the launch team for the Amazon Alexa working on their core voice data technologies. Um, I think I kind of got burned out. There's like a longer story to that, but I essentially got kind of burned out on coding and got my MBA four years out of college. Um, and I'm, I'm a lot older than you. So even that was, gosh, like six, seven years ago. Um, but really, since then, I've I've been trying to blend a lot of the things I learned in my MBA around how to run a business with um, with my coding and technology background. Yeah, I actually was crazy. Is I got I got after I graduated, I got offered um, a scholarship to get my master's and we're the same get my MBA as well at the school that I was at. But I, I, I felt like you. I was so burned out with school, man. I was just yeah. like, I was like so over it. I'm like, man, another year. Because it takes about a year to finish if you if you do it right. And I'm like, another year of classes, another year of, it, it was just, it seemed like such a miserable life to me, which is kind of messed up to say because I was get, I was going to get a good opportunity with the scholarship. And actually one of my friends ended up taking it up and he's actually working towards his master's now. But oh, to great. me, it was just like I had so many like had so many ambitions like on starting my own businesses on on just being a self-made man where I'm just like, man, I just can't keep like staying tied down here. So but but that's crazy. We actually have a, a lot of are we, are we this are we the same person? Because I also was going to go to grad school after I graduated college and then turned it down because uh, I was burnt out on school. So <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, no, seriously, I was going to I was it wasn't a master's. I was going to go get a Ph.D., um, at Georgia Tech. And then I was like, I can't, I can't handle this. Yeah, no, it's funny because I think, you know, what we're touching on is like a lot of like one thing that was funny or I guess interesting about your question is like, what do people who want to get into it do? Like, I think people think, you know, got to go get a four-year degree, got to have some big program or whatever. But a lot of people by the time they get through that four-year degree, they're so burnt out. They can't jump back into these other projects or do these other things. They're just like itching to, you know, itching to go out into the real world. So yeah, I, I don't ever encourage anyone to learn from my uh, from my experience. It was so specific to me, but um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a pretty small world that you went through that too. Yeah, did you did you actually do you live in Georgia? Or did no, you- no, it was uh, no. I was in the Northeast at the time. Oh, okay. Um, got into Georgia, decided not to go there. I'm in Kansas now, so okay, I got you. I got you. But yeah, so you said you said that after school you actually got to work on some cool, awesome things like the Alexa and be part of that team. 
so how was it like how did you transition from being in like really professional environments where you're working at these big companies to like now developing on cardano where it's like more startup like everybody is kind of really bootstrapping everything themselves like how would you how would you like explain that transition or, or tell your story of that transition for you yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because my first company out of college was a 30-person startup. Then my next company was Amazon, which was a couple hundred thousand people. Then when I was in business school, I founded a company. So that was me and five other people. And then after MBA, I went to work at these large companies with like 30,000. Like, I, I actually still mine fiat. I work, um, I work during the day at like a you know a, a Fortune 10 company as a kind of a, a mid-level uh product manager. So, you know, I, I've bounced back and forth, but for me actually going into this crypto space was just, it, it just felt like so natural. Like I got to do my own thing. I got to set my own hours. I got to respond to community members. Um, that hasn't really been the hard part. That's just been so rewarding because when you're doing something for yourself, I mean, I'm sure, you know, launching this podcast, like when you when you do something for yourself, it's just so different than working for someone else, and and it's a pretty natural thing for me to fall into at least. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember when you guys first started minting in June. It probably took over like a month to even sell out, but the art isn't the greatest. And the, like most of the sentiment that I was getting like within our discourse was like, "Oh, it looks like shit." But I was like, "Dude, did you not see the utilities? I mean, like, what made you want to start Wild Tanks? What was yeah." This? Art. I mean, for me, like I knew I wasn't a professional artist. I, I knew that. I mean, some people vibe with the art, some don't, you know, that's whatever. I, I think it's funny because I will, the only thing I will say on the art is like, I guess the thing that that's a little frustrating sometimes as an artist on Cardano is like, people will look at my lines and they'll be like, oh my God, it's not the cleanest lines. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, this is like a line of cartoons, right? Like, you know, I can I can do other types of sketches, but this was a specific character. So I think once I, once I kind of quickly realized that there was a pretty specific art style that people enjoy, which is, you know, fixed with, um, fixed with characters, like very clean lines with sharp edges and, and certain traits that people liked. I think what I tried to do was I took what was initially kind of like a art, plus um plus kind of tech project to just like a full focused tech project i mean it's kind of hard to remember but when i first came out before mint i wasn't even doxing we were you know we weren't sure about the market we weren't sure if people would just shell over us and things were going to go to crap so like it took me a while before someone said and actually i think it was tall crypto of uh of nfa who said like stop hiding behind these pfps the art is fine but it's not about the art you're a tech guy the way you talk you're a tech guy um, you know, go do something techie. And so um, ever since that, we've just kind of leaned more and more into it. And I think the more I lean into that, the more success I have, um, it, you know, it's, it, it actually makes it more fun to do the art because it's almost like, you know, the way to think about it is like, if you marry someone, uh, if you marry someone after you get rich, right, you don't know if they're with you for the money. So like, if someone buys your artwork after it's already worth 10,000 ADA, like who's to say if they really like the art, but because I'm a tech project, if I have people saying, Oh, I really want a one-on-one custom tangs, or I want to do this or that. Like to me, it actually became even more rewarding as an artist. Cause I was like, Oh, they actually kind of vibe with what I'm putting out there. So um, I, I don't know if that's exactly what you, what you meant, but the original thing did start as kind of an art and a, and a light tech project. And then just really leaned into the, 
the unique angle of me being a programmer and, and being able to build things. Yeah, no, I, what I was saying was like, um, like most of the sentiment was like, why would I mint it? It looked like shit. But to me, like looking up, you guys were like, all right, yo, this, do you not see if I own two of them, I can mint a fucking collection of 1000. Um, I was looking at more behind the scenes than, you know, just like I'm minting it for the art itself. So that's really what caught my eye to begin with. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think to, to your point, like kind of embedded in your point is like, people don't have the time to dig into projects. There's what, 20, 30, 40 projects a day coming out. So it's, it's really hard to like get that next level in there. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I do sometimes wonder thinking back on, I'm like, what if I had shelled out like $20,000 for like really, really exactly the type of style and maybe you guys would have an opinion on this, but what if I shelled out $20,000 for exactly the kind of style that people like, but then I had also had utility. Like, I kind of wonder what would have happened in that case. Um, but anyway, you know, it ended, it ended up how it ended up. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes you got great art and they still end up rugging you anyways. I mean, and you're just left with a picture and no utility behind it, right? So sure, sure. It, yeah, it kind of like, yeah, it's... You know, but why Cardano? I mean, like, what was like the inspiration? Like, I'm going to just pick Cardano and drop all things on it. How did that come? Yeah. About? Yeah. That came about because of, uh, because of my co-founder, um, the, the mod in the discord named Sonny is my co-founder. He's a close friend. And he, like I said, he's been in Cardano a long, long time. He's been in since I think he minted space buds, but if not, he definitely was an early, um, buyer of space buds. So he'd been telling me all about Cardano and, and truthfully, um, I had been pretty pretty bearish on some of these smart applications for various reasons, but the, when I started diving into the technology because he encouraged me to look into Cardano, I became very um, very interested in what it had to offer. So he kind of gave me the go take a look at this thing push, and then we started working together and, and building, and he really understood the ecosystem, so that helped me um, start building against it. And really since then, I would say, this, the second thing that's kept me in it is like, there's just a ton of white space. It's a, it's, it's crazy to me that it's like, whatever it is, you know, number five coin market cap or number 10 or, or however big it is, but there's still so much white space in terms of what can be done with the application. So that's, what's kept me building here. Yeah, definitely. And also I feel like the, the Cardano community, they are definitely supportive on anybody that's building. I mean, if, as long as they're consistently doing stuff and, and trying their best, I feel like they're, they're definitely supportive. But also, um, I want to let everybody know in the audience that's listening, we have a giveaway running at the top. Speaking of community, we're going to be giving away three NFTs to community members that are listening in, and we're going to be announcing the winner at the end of the space. So make sure you guys enter that so you can guys, you know you get a chance to win it. Um, Dad, I, I really appreciate um, you telling us about you know your story and how eventually you transition into get into this space. But I know that when you're dealing with projects and I've have like, you know, a couple months of experience behind the scenes with projects that there's so many things that go into creating something that's successful and you're under intense scrutiny, no matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody that's upset. So I would say like, my biggest question is like, what are the biggest struggles that you've had while starting your project? Oh man, I don't think your podcast is long enough. Um, you know, it's, 
it's nice because you're right. Like everyone's really supportive in the Cardano community and that's, that's great. But like, just take it from the beginning. When we, when we minted, I had built the entire vending machine, right? Like I built it from scratch because I couldn't find what I wanted. And I honestly didn't even know Endmaker existed. I know they do good stuff, but I just didn't know they existed. So I built this whole open source vending machine. And when I released it to our OG crew an hour before the mint, uh, it like, it was working, but it had some major issues basically that I hadn't tested. Like one of them was it couldn't handle multiple input addresses because of the way Eternal was sending them. It was causing some transactions to just not complete. So I was literally deploying code live like 30 minutes before our public mint. And then during our public mint, when it dropped, I had Wallet Wednesday at the exact same time as our mint, at the exact same time as a scammer was dropping fake links into our Discord. So like, I think... You know, the truth the truth is like two hours later I like passed out of anxiety. I just was like the mint was like kind of chill and things were working and I was like, Okay, I, I like physically passed out. Um, but you know, as a project creator, you're always just like, What's gonna come my way next? I don't I don't even think it's malicious, right? I I think some like obviously look, the scammer was malicious, but there's just like so many high expectations that you know, you think you kind of get to this mint date, you make X dollars and you ride off into the sunset. And in my experience, it's just ratcheted up the bigger and bigger we've gotten. So, um, gosh, I mean, I can give you tons of examples like that, but that, that was definitely just like a crazy day. I will never forget. Yeah. And uh, for a lot of people, the mint day is kind of the hardest is the hardest. You got so many people, especially, um, especially, I guess during the bull run, there were so many people in the discords. It was flooding. You get the poop emoji, the clown emoji going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you better not misstep or you're going to hear it. Definitely. For sure. For sure. And like the other day that was crazy hard too, was we announced a partnership with clumsy ghosts the same day I was scheduled to go on Cardano Thor. And like some of this is self-inflicted because I, I, I tend to overextend myself because I, I think all PR is kind of good PR. I'm like, Hey, I'll go on your show or I'll go on this or I'll go on that, whatever. So I was like, Hey, I'll go on Cardano Thor and I'll do that at the same time as I'm doing all these other things. But it turned out that that happened to be the same day we announced the clumsy ghost partnership. And we went from selling like 50 to a hundred a day to literally we sold like almost I think almost 3000 in the last like 12 to 18 hours. And it was, I was there at my computer towards the final bit, just like, is everyone getting their NFTs? Is everyone getting refunded? Like, and, and just making sure the mentor didn't crash under pressure. I mean, it was, I think it was the, I remember the date, it was July 8th, 9th. It was in through the night. And then we minted out at about two or three in the morning. Um, and someone was like, let's go, let's go to a spaces to celebrate. And I was like, celebrate. I want to go to bed and I'm, I'm exhausted, but yeah, I think like mint date is when it starts and then, you know, it just, it really never stops. <laughs> okay, so you said the Cardano vending machine, right? I mean, I'm a noob, so it's like, I mean, I'm sure like uh, a few of people that's actually on here right now may not even know what the hell it is. So what is the Cardano vending machine? Yeah, so when you go to buy a... Um, buy an nft right if you're doing one of these drops where you send ada and then on demand they create an nft for you the easiest way to think about it as an analogy is like you're putting quarters into a vending machine and you're getting out a bag of chips right and it's a different bag of chips every time so i built the code that powered 
essentially that kind of a vending machine. And the reason I built it was because Endmaker will give this kind of a vending machine to you, but I just didn't know they existed. And I also am a programmer, so I thought, hey, I could save a nickel here, here and there. Honestly, I don't even know if I'd do it if I had the chance again, but anyway. So I wrote that whole thing. And then as we were leading up to Mint, I said, well, I have this vending machine code, but I have all these other plans. So there's really no benefit to me hoarding this vending machine for myself. So I open sourced it. So the vending machine that we used for wild tangs, where you can put in a quarter and get back a wild tangs, you can do that with any project. Like coming up here in, a, in less than a month, we're going to have the Clumsy Valley Land Mint. And I'm going to use that exact same set of code to do the Clumsy Valley landment. So you'll go to their website, you'll put in a quarter and you'll get back a, a Clumsy Valley land plot. Um, I think the nice thing about that was coincidentally just open sourcing it was like, oh wow, people didn't think that was possible. Cause I know a lot of people think that you have to close source stuff to make money. So um, it was just kind of a happy accident that I did that. Um, but yeah, that vending machine has been um, hopefully used by a lot of people and, and really helping people in the ecosystem make Cardano NFTs more easily. Yeah, that's definitely that, that shows your character that you're trying to help people build and that you're um, really for building the community because a lot of people would keep it private and just sell it to other projects. Uh, so, so that, that's super awesome. Uh, from what I've heard, you guys started around the summer, right? So it's been about like, three, four, three, four months that you guys have been around. Am I correct? Yeah, we launched a project early May, Mint opened June 15th, and then we sold out early July. Okay, so yeah, so around there. So I, I know that you've learned so much along the way, every single day, every single week, something going wrong, something that you could have done better, something that you kicked yourself, are like, wow, how can I make something, this silly mistake? Like if you were to start over today, starting Wild Tanks over today, what would you do differently? What steps would you take differently? You know, how, how would you move in comparison to how you did it the first time, knowing what you know now? Yeah, I mean, it's not really, it's hard because it's not really fair. I don't know. It's, it's such a, like, I, I kind of, hate these because i not not i don't hate the question I, I know you're i know you're asking in good faith it's just like it's so hard for me to say right i mean the obvious answer for me to be totally frank is i would have done a true 10k pfp collection right we were going into a bear market our original supply was like 8888 because i think that's what kongs did like we, we were just kind of like feeling our way through it because i i had never done this and and sunny my partner for as good as he was in the space he was a dj he wasn't a creator so we were just like you know feeling our way for anything so i mean the things i would have done looking back on it are just more faster right i would have done a bigger collection i would have docked way earlier i would have built tools way earlier i would have you know it, like it, it's just i think i spent a lot of time having to make mistakes about the space to really find my niche. And I don't think that's actually a mistake looking back on it. Cause I think that's the best way to learn, but yeah, I mean, Oh my God, you know, again, sort of the where to start, like bigger collection, lower mint price, um, you know, faster utility, uh, fewer appearances, uh, you know, fewer, fewer sort of engagement farming and Twitter. Thing. The one thing I'm proud of, I will say, is we never bought Twitter followers. And I think that really helped us because 
we never early on tried to do like these massive engagement farmings that look suspicious, but I probably would have spent less time on Twitter, I would say. Um, and, and the like, and obviously like you've heard earlier, like I really dig the art and I would have allowed for that art piece, but I would have come out with the tech message more clearly early on. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you hate that question. I'm sure you get it a lot, but you know, the goal behind it is, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that might be looking at you guys and what you're building and and are thinking to themselves, man, I want to do something like that. Or man, I want to start a project of my own. So I love to, I love to ask I love to ask the people that are on our podcast that have their own project, you know, because nobody knows your mistakes better than yourself. I mean, everybody, right, everybody right. Knows, you know, we're our own, our, our worst critic. So I'm just like, man, if I can just get a little bit of tips for the audience, because I know that I've always been, I've always been somebody that has an entrepreneurial mindset that always wants to start new things. And I've even thought about yeah. uh, making a collection myself. And I'm just like, man, if, if there's people that are in my position, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't make a collection now, but if there are people that do want to, I'm like, man, how can I provide the most value for my listeners? You know what I mean? No, I agree. Sorry. It's a good, it's a good question. I shouldn't have said that. I don't, I don't like it. I just meant it's such a, let me rephrase it. You know, let me rephrase my answer. Um, I would have leaned in, like if someone's listening to this and they're like, what should I do? I would, I should have leaned in earlier to my unique thing. I think there's like, this real intense fear of rejection. Like, you know, I, I would love to be the next Van Gogh, but obviously that's not the case, right? So there was this intense fear of rejection of like, if I'm just a tech guy, like nobody's going to buy the art for the art. And yet I have people who do buy the art for the art anyway. So like, I feel like if I had, if anyone's listening to this, you got to lean into what makes you strong and then you'll be surprised along the way by all the other things that people engage with it. Um, I can tell you even today, like what was great is I've been leaning into the tech heavily for the past month. I haven't put out any new art and I had someone today be like, can I have a one of one and can we do it in this style? Right. Cause they really like, like you'll be surprised if you lean into what's, you know, your unique strength and then you kind of like, allow that to flourish you'll be surprised what grows alongside of it and and you can't worry too much about people rejecting you i guess that's really what i would do differently yeah definitely i i appreciate i appreciate you um responding and i i know i know that you didn't mean it like that i just wanted to i just wanted to clear it up because i i I didn't want to come off as if i'm putting you in a bad spot or putting you in the hot seat or anything like that no, you're you're good, man. You should see the other shows I go on and the names they call me. You're a kind, you're a kind host. <laughs> you should see the names I call them. <laughs> there you go. So look, so obviously you know the market sentiment. You know Cardano. I don't even remember the last time there's been a 10k PFP that sold out on Cardano. I don't remember the last one. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, tough times. Yeah, and like so, but you guys have gone like you went above and beyond. You continue you're like continue to develop new tools, dope utility for your holders. Where does inspiration come from? Oh, I mean, it's just fun, man. I, I don't, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like it's a business, not a charity. I'm, I'm definitely thinking through monetization. But two things. One is I still mind fiat. So I probably have a longer time horizon than most. I can still lean on that and say, Hey, I'm doing this in my spare time. How can I use my, like, you know, whatever it is now it's, it's eight o'clock. 
Um, my wife is a medical resident, so she works crazy hours. So I have a little bit of free time, but like, you know, to me, God, it just, it's such a joy. Like I see people put up videos of them sweeping NFTs and they're like, I love using this. Like what's better than that to me? You know, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a nihilist in this whole, like we're on a big blue rock spinning in outer space. Like, I just love the people who are engaging with the tools. That's that's what keeps them going. Like, if I built these tools and people were like, this is stupid, then yeah, I probably wouldn't keep going. But, you know, just seeing a tweet, like seeing a tweet that someone's phone saying how much they love the widget and it doesn't have to be a tangs up there. Like I see, I see people being like, oh my God, check out this cool drop I got. Thanks to Wild Tanks for this widget. Like that'll keep me going for like two, three days. You know, I mean, it, it's just, I'm a very simple person in that sense. So that's a lot of where I get my drive from. Um, and, and obviously I want to make this a sustainable business, but that's the kind of stuff that for me at least makes me feel as a person really good. Yeah. So I'm familiar with it. I know I've not used it yet, but your sweeping tool just went online. What is it? Two days ago, something that hasn't been on a Cardano before. Right. A mm. lot of, yeah. That, you know, are, the space here itself may not know what it is so you want to go in more into detail and like let us know what the sweeping tool is yeah sure um you mind if i pin something up uh to the top so absolutely yeah yeah so let me let me pin this up to the top i'll pin a couple um so i'll the first one is actually one that the the schedule tweets just um just went out on so it's it's kind of a good overview of like what our utility is. And then in front of that, I'm going to pin a, uh, a demo of the sweep. And so the sweep tool, um, essentially, you know, like if you're using JPEG or CNFT.tools or whatever marketplace of your choice, you can only purchase one NFT at a time. Now I'll tell you why that is in a second, but imagine a world where you could essentially just go to any web page, JPEG store, CNFT tools, whatever, see a little, you know, a little icon that says add to sweep, click that icon. And then when you're ready, pop over to a new web page to check out, you know, 20 to 40 NFTs at a time. That's what sweep is. It's really a browser extension that enables you to have carts across all of these different NFT marketplaces. Now, the, the caveat for people is you're going to have to sign a lot of times this is an unfortunate technical limitation of Cardano. I have a whole thread on, um, I have a Twitter thread on why Cardano and JPEG store contracts are limited to one at a time at the moment. Um, it's not technically feasible to do more than one at a time, but you can imagine that if JPEG store improves their smart contract, but doesn't improve their website, or you still want to go across different marketplaces, you know, I can build the kind of tool where you could just click, click, click across CNFT tools, JPEG store, 20 different NFTs you want, and then in the future, um, end up, you know, building a transaction to buy all 20. So that that's the kind of experience I wanted. I wanted people to really, you know, not feel rushed into buying a, an NFT, but have that kind of long-lived experience where they're spending an afternoon finding their favorite things, or they just got a little bit of money that they can fund, and, and they really get to enjoy the shopping experience rather than feeling rushed into buying, like, and signing across many, many different, um, many different, uh, you know, times. That's super, that's super innovative. And actually, I think like, I think it was like early, early, like around January, February, I was 
I was into ETH NFTs for a while, and I saw that they had a whole bunch of tools and stuff like like the one that you made, but they didn't have anything for Cardano. And I actually, which is crazy, is I think we're actually twins. Is I was I was thinking of uh, one of the ideas I had for a company or like a project was to make something like you like you were talking about, like basically what you made, but like having like a service that has different tools of like sweeping and like uh, different bots and stuff to like snipe and everything. But I just never could get it off the ground because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have the relationships at the time to get like a team behind me to actually deliver. So that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you you were way ahead of your time. You're, you're visionary for seeing that. I mean, it took me being hit on the head. I, I think it was actually, you know, what's funny. It was Tall again. Tall sent me a DM being like, go build this. And I was like, Tall, what are you talking about? Nobody's going to use this. And then, of course, like I use it and, and people are really into it. So you know, it just kind of shows you what I was talking about earlier, why I've stayed in Cardano is a shopping cart, you know, it, it, it's not that it's, it's not that it's unexpected. It's that there's too much work to do. And we just haven't gotten around to it. Like, I'm regularly in contact with the people at JPEG store, and they're super smart engineers, they could do this in, you know, in no time flat, but they're, they're constantly working on things that are more critical, keeping the site up, keeping the smart contracts running correctly, making sure that there's security audits. Like we just need more builders period. Right. And so that's what keeps me in Cardano is like being able to build and contribute and then see that instant feedback. Cause it's clear this tool was needed. It's such a fun experience. Yeah, definitely. And I saw, you know, Building on the blockchain and, and on Cardano and people being able to use it on the marketplaces and stuff like that, to me, that makes sense. That's like, okay, this is directly helping the holders. This is directly helping everybody that uses the marketplaces. But one of the things that I saw when I was doing my research was that you guys actually created an NFT widget that you could download for the iPhone. And I thought that was super cool because I didn't even know that was a thing. I know some people... Um, know how to put it on their Apple watches, but like to have your 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 NFTs on your iPhone uh, screen on as a widget. Like, what was the inspiration behind making that? And like, was that just something that you did for fun, or was it like the community that that asked for it? That one was actually um, that one was actually just kind of me being like, I don't know a better way to say it than like stupid. Like, I was like how do I look at my NFTs? Like, cause people, you know, this was a month in or so. And I was like, okay, do I like, and I, I didn't mean like, like I knew pool.pm exists. And I think smog does awesome work. Like, again, don't get me wrong. I think there's really cool and great value in what smog does, but it was like, I'm at a party or I'm at uh, like my kid's daycare. And I'm like, Hey, I draw monkeys now. And like, people are like, well, show me. And so I would, you know, pull out my phone and I'd pull out these screenshots or I'd pull out like these like sh pictures of screenshots, right? Like it just was so intangible to me that I was like, okay, there has to be a way to get this into people's hands. Um, and I am a big fan of widgets. I just use them all the time. So yeah, if anyone's curious, it's on iOS and Android. Um, it was a fun way for me because I'd never built an iOS app. So it was like a fun way for me to be like, hey, can I even do this? And so I built a prototype for iOS and then I matched it on Android. And there now I, I added a second widget, but there are essentially two widgets. So the first is what you mentioned. There's an NFT portfolio um, widget, which just kind of cycles through a random NFT. It, it lets you view an NFT. Um, and so that viewer widget will just pop up with a, 
a high res, you know, JPEG right on your phone home screen. Um, I can tell you right now, as I pop over, mine has an, a lovely tangs on it. And then I actually just popped up with one from a community member who airdropped me one of his pieces of artwork. So it's, it's super fun to see. Um, and then the second widget that I added later on, once I saw how much people really loved engaging with it is a portfolio tracker, which is powered by ApeWatch app. Um, that one requires three wild tangs in your wallet, but essentially when you put it on your phone, every hour it updates with the latest computed value of all of the NFTs at your handle. So what, what I'm trying to do in these form factors is like, I want to bring it closer to people, right? Like just like sweep, I want you to be able to sit there and really engage with the artwork and then add to your cart and buy at your leisure with with the widgets, I want you to have it on your phone and just anytime you're sitting around, you know, thinking about what to do, I want you to be able to feel and touch your NFTs, right? And I, I think if, you know, I think if I'm successful in that, that'll help the ecosystem grow as well. So that's, that's kind of selfishly my goal. Yeah. And that's that your point. And you know what? I, I really am. I really am uh, feeling like we're twins because you were talking about how to how to get that usability easier how to get it a little bit more mainstream and that was actually going into my next question before i go into that next question though anybody that's in the audience if you guys got any questions for us or thad feel free to raise your hand and i'll, I'll bring you up when we have some time i'm not going to derail the conversation but raise your hand and let us know that you want to ask something and we'll put you in when we have some time but to go into the question and it's really amazing that you're starting to see that disconnect because I've noticed the same thing. What future do you see for NFT integration with mainstream technology? Because I feel like that's the next step that we need in order to really get people to understand because we've kind of went yeah. through this big rush, 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 uh, you know, board apes and, and all that stuff and everybody. And then it just giant crash. And yeah. I, I personally feel like the next wave up is going to be, that in integration into the technology that people use every single day. Like what, what are your, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, I think you're spot on, man. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, so here's why I'm staying in NFT. So let me take you again through my thought process. Like 2011, 2012, I read the Bitcoin paper. I think there's no way in hell that governments are going to let a secondary currency pop up. This is useless. Obviously that was proven wrong. And now cryptocurrencies have become viable currencies in their own right and stores of value, right? They're kind of these like alternative stores of value. So NFTs, you kind of think like, okay, what is it? Is it money? Is it art? Like, what, what is it? For me, my thesis at this point, and, and I could be wrong again, but here's where I'm going. I think it's identity, right? I think when I was a kid, I literally would cry over getting Pokemon cards. Like, I loved playing Pokemon cards. And I, I wanted every Pokemon card. I was constantly playing on my Game Boy. Like, Someone pointed out the other day that those games that have gone away, it's it's almost like anytime they come up, you have this sense of nostalgia of identity, you know? So I think there's going to be a world in the future, to your point, where every interaction with a trusted brand or a new brand has some sort of NFT component in it to create a sense of identity. Like, why do people hold wild tanks, right? I mean, part of it is... You know, part of it is the utility, right? That's a big part. Part of it is the art for a, a, maybe a smaller section. But I think for everyone who's like really into the project, they feel and they are a wild tang, right? They have their person, they have a Vato Loco, you know, and it has a bandana and the skeleton mask, or 
they have like me, I have my coffee drinker and my business suit. Cause I jokingly say that cause I was an MBA, right? Like what's going to happen in the future is instead of having a, a custom, you know, like a, a custom whiskey bottle from James Dean or whatever, like, I think you're going to, or not James Dean, whatever the uh, Johnny Walker, whatever, right. Jim, Jimmy Dean is a breakfast sandwich. Clearly I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fatty, not a drinker, but anyway, so you're going to have, instead of like a memorabilia Johnny Walker blue, I think for people who are growing up in this digital age, you're going to have an NFT attached to those brands. So it's going to be a part of your identity. It's going to be your affiliation to the brands you love. It's going to be everything about you in a digital sense. And honestly, I'm, I feel like we're just at the start, right? My tools, you have to bring your wild tanks to say, I am a wild tank so I can use these tools. But in the future, you're not going to be able to go to a, a Harry Styles concert without the Harry Styles latest NFT, right? You're not going to be able to scan in. in my, this is just my opinion, but I don't think you're going to be able to scan into Disney World without a Mickey Mouse NFT, right? Like, and if you do, maybe the prices will be higher. Like, I totally agree with you. It's it's becoming more and more mainstream. And this this bear market, in my opinion, is going to shake out all that, you know, sort of hype and all the the random kind of like crazy projects that come up and you know go down overnight and it's really going to force people to focus on what is unique about nfts no yeah definitely that's a that's a beautiful response i feel like we're definitely on the same page i kind of see that as the trajectory that we're heading for as well but um i saw that crypto kev had his hand up and i'm, I'm gonna bring you up here i know that you're part of the wild tanks team so Kev, if you have anything you want to say uh, for the questions, if anybody has questions, we're limiting it to one question per person so that we, we can keep the conversation moving forward. But go ahead, Kev. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, thank you to the club. Thank you very much to Fauci and uh, Big Daddy for hosting this space and for having the questions. Thank you to Wild Tangs uh, for being up here and, and taking the questions, Dad. And I want to shout out a couple people. Shout out E46. Shout out 45Jeff. Shout out to Cardano Nudes. Uh, Cardano News was one of the like the first like techie, super smart guys. I mean, no other way to put it in just my layman's terms, but that just took me under. And like every time we were in the Stoners Club, he's just vibing with me, and then in the DMs explaining shit, and just a really kind and generous person. Um, and I want to shout out to my other fellow mods, Craigs. I wanted to shout out to some uh, Wild Tanks DP seven hundred seven. But I came up here to ask a question: Who was stating that they are twins with a uh, Thad? Just so I can make the memes later. Is it the trash bag, or am I going to be cutting out Big Daddy's face? Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely me. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got the uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito meme coming. <laughs> Be, be but, uh, careful, Big Daddy. Be careful. I, Kev is a monster with the memes. I'm a little nervous. Just, Kev, just I got fair I warning. Perfectly, per, I got a perfect photo for you. You see my, you see my profile right with the yellow background. That's perfect. You should have plenty of material right there. I can send you. A, I can send you a clear background if you want to. You need a, a, If you need more angles, I'll send you more. No, angles. I already. No, I already got your face cut out. No, I already cut that one out. I cut that one out when we when we became friends on uh, Discord. Damn. Okay. I got you. Hey, okay. Shout out, Kev. Yeah, thank you, Kev. Thank you for coming up here. And, oh, and Nudes, Nudes has it, had his hand up as well, so we're going to pass it over to him or her. I, I don't know, but uh, go ahead. 
Yo, what up, everybody? Uh, thanks a lot, Club and Fauci, for hosting up the space. Love to uh, hear it. And uh, shout out Crypto Kev for uh, the wild meme ability. No one has a greater turnaround time for memes on all of Cardano. I'm just going to say it. You make a statement, it's coming in meme form right back to you uh, faster than you can blink. So shout out to that. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say what's up. I really love the the wild hangs. I've been meaning to snag one for, I mean, so freaking long and I, I just love all of the various things that are associated with your project. And um, one thing I'm, I'm really um, super inspired by is the, um, the mobile development stuff that you did with the app. And uh, I'm a person, I just think that, you know, the majority of people who use the internet are mobile users and any kind of ecosystem development in that regard um, is, is something to be celebrated. So I was curious to know um, if you could speak on that and if you had any other plans in the future for the project, um, for, for mobile audiences and, and thank you again for the space. Yeah, no, and nudes, I hear a lot of great stuff about you, man. So I, I really appreciate the kind words. I mean, I think, you know, obviously looking at your profile, you're clearly a, a builder, um, and builder in any sense, right? Like it, it doesn't just have to be writing lines of code. So I appreciate it. And, and I, I love, uh, love helping push the space forward with you. I mean, you know, mobile, mobile's interesting, like mobile the kind of the unlock is going to be the wallets, right? Um, I've been talking to a lot of the wallet platforms. I know Eternal is kind of going through a rewrite, which is going to impact how their stuff works. And then uh, I've been talking to Seb with DC Spark for Flint, and I know they're they're doing some up, uh, uh, upgrading of their DAP. But what I hope you see and what I hope people contribute is – um, a, you know, if there is an open source wallet out there that you like, or if there are open source parts of the wallets out there, which I know DC Spark has a ton of and you like, go contribute if you're a programmer because open source code always needs contrib- contributions. Um, and I try to do that if I, if I can in my spare time. I know I've contributed a little bit to Lucid um, by Barry because I think it's important to, to, use, to contribute to the libraries you use and we use that extensively. So once the wallets kind of fit into this unlock, I think you need to start seeing more around, I'll talk specifically for NFTs because I don't know much about DEXs and other use cases, but for NFTs, you need to see that same kind of utility coming there, right? So I know there are web sniping tools, but what about mobile sniping tools, right? I know I've talked a little bit about how I'm hoping to push mobile sniping with automated alerts, you know, deep linking, richer filters, higher resolution images. I mean, You've, you've really got to push the boundaries of what's possible on mobile because, yes, you will always have DGENs who have been able to quit their job because they got into ADA when it was a penny and now they don't have to work again. But for those of us mining fiat and, and wanting to get that push notification to buy their favorite, you know, XYZ project, like it just has to be accessible. So um, I would say NFT sniping is high on my list. NFT portfolio viewing is high on my list. Um, NFT accounting, understanding your profits and losses, your trades, those are high on my list. Um, all of that stuff is not full. I, I can't, there's not enough hours in a day for me to get to all of it. But once the wallets really get there, then I would hope to see that kind of ecosystem flourish. Facts, facts. So what are the plans for Wild Tanks and where do you see the project in two to three years? So two to three years out, I mean... The core of it's always going to be tech. So I think two to three years out, God willing, Crypto Kev knows is a recurring meme, but the voting will be done. So we'll we'll have a voter that's actually a voting machine that's actually working. But Wild Tang's holders vote on the roadmap, right? You get one Tang's one vote. And I, I still work on what I need to work on and what I want to work on. 
Um, but I want to make that into more of like a, a feedback driven process rather than just the random Twitter here or the discord there. I want to really build an on-chain voting machine that can, that can take the feedback of the community. So in two to three years, I think you're going to have an on-chain voting machine. You're going to have projects that I'm helping build or that I'm collaborating with people on that have come out of the requests of the votes of the community. And then I would say more than that, you'll see a couple of things. You'll see one, the evolution of the business model, right? I want to be a proving ground. And if you have ideas, like jump into our Discord and our general, you know, Discord GG slash Wild Tangs, that's us, right? So jump into our Discord and, and tell me how you think projects should make money. We still don't know how NFTs can make money, right? 5% for royalties is very, is very nice, but it's not enough to sustain a team and a development, right? And coming out with these massive drops and these hugely hyped roadmaps can lead to a lot of pain and suffering um, if the team ends up not being trustworthy or things end up going sideways. So the second thing I hope you see out of me in two to three years is like, what is a sustainable business model that I've helped develop that can, you know, make it so that NFT projects have a way and a clear path to make money over time and, and bring useful utility. And then the third thing in two to three years is I would just say that like, I hope in two to three years we come to a place where Cardano doesn't have to be number one, but it's one of the most respected NFT platforms, right? So I want to see us really become a place where people don't say, oh, I haven't heard about Cardano or Cardano. Like, it's funny on Twitter to say, Card does I didn't know Cardano had NFTs, but like people should stop thinking of Ethereum as the one-stop shop for NFTs, just like people no longer think about Bitcoin as the one-stop shop for cryptocurrency. I'm hoping that we come, you know, we we can be the Android um, uh, to Ethereum's iPhone, right? Or we can be kind of a major player in that ecosystem. And then if that's the case, then I would just love to be like a both a leader and a contributor who's both building in that NFT space, but hopefully, you know, I'm I'm there helping pave the way for other people who want to join Cardano. Man, that's definitely a, that's definitely a thought out, and really, it shows that you're really interested. And in building with the ecosystem, and I know that Cardano is definitely always working towards the next best thing and taking their time and really, are, you know, they really value consistency over anything. But um, one thing I'm going to remind everybody that's in attendance before we get into these last couple of questions, because we usually keep it around an hour long. We don't want to talk your ear off. Um, we like to keep everything nice and short and to the point, but I'm going to let everybody know in attendance right now that we have a giveaway going on for the community. If you want to enter the giveaway, it's pinned at the top. So just swipe to the right. The club pinned it up there. Um, so you guys can go ahead and join that if you want a chance to win the three NFTs that were given away. But other than that, let's go back into these questions because I feel like these questions are definitely um, important, especially since we talked about what are your plans for the future? What are things that you're really, you know, are looking for out of yourself? So one thing that we know is that the Vassal Hard Fork is coming up. I think they announced that's going to be on the 22nd. Mm -hmm. So with that coming up, do you, do, is there any alpha? Is, is there anything that the tanks have in store when, when that's implemented? Not specifically, but we are ready for Vassal, which is um, which is where everyone should be now. And if you're not and you're struggling, you know, reach out to a developer in the ecosystem, whether you're a developer or not. But um, yeah, all of our mint machines, uh, all of our vending machines. I'm I'm now currently because um, the Clumsy Valley land mint is is probably going to come in post Vassal. So I'm doing a test both against Alonzo and Vassal just to make sure we're totally locked in there. So. 
Yeah, ready for Vassal. And I would just say we're doing our best to make sure that that's as smooth a transition as possible for anyone using our dApps. So what are you most excited for, like, Vassal Hard Fork, and how will it impact Tangs? I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in terms of what you can do with a smart contract that opens up in Vassal. Um, so the the one I'm most excited for is this concept of reference inputs. It's essentially a way to prove you own something inside of a transaction without spending it. So I can go somewhere and say, I own a wild tangs, but you don't need to see me spend it, right? Um, and so that will unlock a lot of really cool interactions without you needing to send in your NFTs. Because I know some smart contracts up to date have required you to like send in your NFT to evolve it. And then obviously that's a huge security issue because it can lead to scams. So that's kind of number one from a DAP developer perspective. Um, the number two that I'm really excited for Vassal, having coded against it on, on what was the old testnet, is um, just some of the parallelization and speed through um, sort of improvements for transaction processing. You know, making sure that we can scale and making sure that all of the um, all of the transaction size increases that are going to come our way post Vassal are able to be handled. Um, that's really important because if you're a DApp developer, the last thing you want to do is build a really powerful DApp, and then as soon as people start using it, it it basically either clogs up the chain or um, even if it doesn't clog the chain, you know, you yourself coded it in a way that you didn't realize wouldn't scale. So a lot of the improvements in terms of actually execution and speed are going to be really important to make sure that DAP developers have uh, really good experiences for their users. That's definitely that's definitely true. And I feel like um, we definitely all remember the early days of the NFTs where if there's more than one drop happening that day, you're not getting your NFT until like six hours later. So like seeing the red, the red 99% on pool PM is definitely triggering a lot of people. <laughs> but, um, but I remember that you were talking about how um, with your sweeping tool, you're able to use it across JPEG store and CNFT tools. Does the Vassal hard fork update help that tool work more efficiently in any way? Um, it doesn't impact that tool because I work with the marketplaces and the marketplaces interact with the, uh, the, the, the vassal sort of application structure to build the transactions. But obviously, in terms of using the sweeper tool, if the, if the settings on vassal or the settings on the vassal service providers like Blockfrost, if, if those improve and the, the execution is better than if you're submitting multiple sweep transactions, you'll have less of a likelihood of failure. So I guess it's kind of a yes and no. Like mostly I'm working with the marketplaces, so it shouldn't impact how any of the transactions are being constructed, but it might improve some of the execution of the transactions. Um, just for context though, we're doing, we're, we're still actually seeing pretty good performance. So the, the record for sweeps is I had someone do a sweep of 20 NFTs the other day and they put their password on copy and paste for their NAMI wallet. And so the entire thing end to end, including UTXO splitting, I think took just about three minutes. So right now you can, you can start to test those limits. And then obviously, um, you know, as the, uh, as the sweep tool evolves, I'd be hoping that you could get, you know, 20 to 50 NFTs in, you know, 10 seconds, but we'll see. Definitely. And now I, I want to give, I want to give my thanks to you, Thad, and, and thank you for Kev and, and Fauci for setting this up.
Um, you've been an amazing guest. Now we're le- we're leaning uh, we're towards the end. We only host the club for an hour. But if anybody that got here late didn't get to catch the entire thing, we will be uploading it on Spotify, on YouTube, on Apple Podcast, and on multiple platforms. So look out for that tweet as well. Um, it looks like Kev already got a meme up there pinned at the top. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Shout out to Kev for that. But I want to <laughs> I want to take this chance to congratulate the winners of the giveaway. We have three winners. Um. The way that we're gonna do it is if you if you see the pinned um, the pinned reply at the top, we're gonna do it in the way that you were picked. So if you were number one, number two, or number three, you're gonna get the first choice, second choice, and third choice. So whichever NFTs that are left. So the first place winner is D B Dizzle. The second place winner is Cardano Nudes, and the third place winner is New Fresh Mint. So thank you everybody that entered the giveaway and we always want to make sure we give something back to the community every single episode that we do we do episode every saturday at 9 p.m est and um again thanks again for that to that and thank you um all at the wild tanks team for being accommodating and and helping us get this amazing show out there i think that it was it was a really fun podcast and i love talking to you wait hold on can we shout out kev because the other night i went on um one of the tank spaces. I didn't even know bro was the first responder. Shout out Kev, yo. Oh yeah, definitely. Kev is a firefighter, everybody. So give some hearts and, and some uh some love to him for everything that he does for us every day. Yeah, and I know I know we all rag on Kev, but in sincerity, you know, it's it's funny because just just quickly, like you pick these community mods, you pick these people to be part of the Wild Tanks team. I see DA sales in the audience too. And and you're nervous. You're like God, this is, I've worked really hard. Is this person going to fuck me over? And Kev is just a really, really solid person. So Kev is not only a, a great meme maker, but he's a first responder and, a, and an awesome community mod. So thank you, Kev, for hooking us up. This is a really fun, uh, fun podcast to be on. No, no problem. And thank you. You know what? I'm learning. <clears throat> I'm coming from Web 2. I have no Web 3 uh, experience or background, but this project has helped, uh, helped me learn some stuff. You know, like I tell Thad, uh, before him, I didn't know how to do a Discord giveaway bot or, or how to set that up or how to, how to you know, uh, do other commands in Discord. And I had been modding for, like, mandrills for, like, ever. But I'm learning some shit now. So um, thank you. Uh, thank you for that shout out. And it was a pleasure setting this up. It was, it was a great time. Thanks, everybody, again. And shout out to my co-host, Fauci. Always, um, he's the one that got the connection to set this up. So... Always give them some props where where they where they deserve to be. Um, yeah. Other than that, thank you guys so much for coming. We're gonna be back here again Saturday, 9 p.m. EST next week. I hope that you guys had an amazing time, and uh, I will see you guys in the next episode.